Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Fancy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, here as always with Mike Tagliere, and today our guest is Fantasy Pros featured writer Dan Harris. How's it going, fellas? What's going on, Bobby? It's good to be back after a short little gap. I think we've recorded our last episode on Friday, so it's good to get back in the swing of things. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really excited for my first appearance on the podcast, the football podcast for the new season. I can't wait to get started. So apparently, guys, Mark Cuban actually wanted to let Tony Roma play in an NBA game for the Dallas Mavericks instead of just sitting him on the bench. But Adam Silver, the commissioner, shut him down. I'm doing the baseball podcast tonight, and some listener wrote in a listener mailbag question about which baseball players would be best if they played basketball. So like the opposite of Michael Jordan, right? I want to do the same here for football. There's some incredible athletes here. I think Julio Jones would probably be the best. Who do you guys think? Oh, man, you go ahead. You go first, Dan. All right. Well, I, you know, uh, thinking about his body type now, maybe not. But I know that this is basically where he was discovered was Antonio Gates, right? I mean, he was sort of. The, That's a good point. Right. He was sort of the beginning of, hey, let's take these amazing basketball players who aren't quite ready for the NBA and see if we can make them into tight ends. Um, looking at him now, as he's just sort of gotten bigger over the years, it seems kind of weird. But as a power forward, I, I would think that Gates is a guy that would go to. But Julio Jones definitely probably leads the way. Yeah, Julio Jones is a freak athlete. Fun story. I just started a new collection and uh, I'm collecting a football helmet from every NFL team signed by one of their, you know, their Hall of Fame players or their stud players. And I ordered my Julio Jones one yesterday. So I'm excited cool. to get that on the way. But my player I'd pick would be Rob Gronkowski. I think that the reason, oh, yeah. the reason I say him is because, you know, in the NBA, we think in the NFL, 6'2", 6'3", is like a big player, right? Uh, you go to the NBA, a 6'2", 6'3", player is going to be a point guard. So um, I think Rob Gronkowski could fit in as like a power forward, maybe even a small forward. He's athletic enough to play it, strong enough, obviously, to box out down, down low. So I think Rob Gronkowski would be my pick. You know, That's I a think, good one, too. I think Gronkowski would just be too goofy. Right. Like, didn't you hear that story when he was in the high school, how he like intentionally missed a free throw so that he could keep the score at whatever dirty number he wanted to keep it at? I feel like he would be doing that stuff all the time in the NBA. <laughs> I can see it, too. No, there was rumors that he would retire after his back surgery because he was sitting at 69 career touchdowns. <laughs> exactly. So there wasn't much news this week, guys. I wanted to get everyone's take in a few pieces that caught my attention, though. Doriel Green Beckham, they're, ex he's, they're expected to release him. He's a former number one high school prospect in the country, just turned 24 years old today. Could he still be good if he uh, gets a chance somewhere else? Is, or is this the end of the line? I'm pretty sure this might be the end of the line for him. You know, I mean, he may end up signing with a team down the road, kind of like a la Cordero uh, Patterson, you know, how he's getting like a last a last ditch effort with the, the Raiders. But I mean, this happens all the time, right? We have players that fizzle out of the league. We have high draft picks that turn into nothing. Uh, the funny part of all of it is that people were trading away legitimate NFL studs away for him in, you know, dynasty uh, in dynasty leagues. So it's kind of funny to see some of these trades looking back. I saw one that was like Melvin Gordon, and Michael Thomas for Doriel Green Beckham, or, or it was some crazy trades like that, where it was just like, People give up so much for the potential, but sometimes, you know, we just miss on these players and Doriel Green Beckham seems to be one of them. If there's been two teams that are willing to give up on him, unfortunately, I just don't see him sticking anymore. Now, Dan, what if he goes to a team like the Jets who has no talent whatsoever? And I am saying that because you're a Jets fan, but I mean, they're probably going to trade Eric Decker. They already traded Brandon Marshall. He'd be in the competition to get a lot of uh, a lot of looks, right? I think he'd pretty much become the greatest player in franchise history if he went to the Jets. I mean, it's a very low bar. And frankly, I was going to ask Tags, I don't know who you're going to get from the Jets for the uh, the whole helmet signing from, you know, a uh, Hall of Fame player with uh, Tim Tebow. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, could, I, could, I could take LaDainian Tomlinson for his short stint, right? I think I'd take that. Yeah, sure. We, it's Slim Pickens a little bit. Yeah, obviously. If he went to the Jets, uh, you know. He would be fine. I mean, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with Tags. Uh, I, I think it's probably the end of the line. I, I don't understand it. You know what I mean? He, he's just a prototypical. He's 6'5", you know, like 240. He, he just drops an outrageous number of passes. You know, it, yeah. it's, just, it's, you know, a catchable balls. I think he had something like 12 drops last year. He just, you know, it just never comes together. I, you, know, you never know. Every once in a while, these guys who have been released eventually catch on somewhere, but I'm inclined to agree. I, I, I would think that this is the end of the road for him. So speaking of the Jets, they're apparently going to deal Sheldon Richardson on draft weekend. We know he's an elite talent, but he's an off-the-field liability. Do you want your team to trade a mid-round pick for him, or is he not worth it? You know, I guess. I, I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, at this point, the Jets are such a 
pardon the expression, a dumpster fire that I, I don't really like, I can't even keep track of what I'm rooting for them to do or not do. Sheldon Richardson, he is an elite talent um, to the extent the Jets have a quote unquote strength. Uh, it's kind of up front there. So I, I would be fine to, to give him away for a mid-round pick. I honestly, I will be shocked if at some point he doesn't get into further legal trouble. And it, I, I just as soon have it be someone else's headache at this point. Yeah, if, if, with me with the Bears, I think that the front seven is is somewhat solidified now. Where I mean, I, I'm I'm not saying like we couldn't use a player like Sheldon Richardson, but I me right now, I'd personally hold on to the draft picks. I don't see the Bears winning anytime soon. I think that if there's a team that's built to win right now, I think it's a good player to deal for because he can help you immediately. Uh, but my Bears, unfortunately, don't seem to be in the playoff hunt anytime soon. Now, I also saw that Aaron Donald, another defensive tackle, is going to be the highest paid defensive player in the league. And he's great. Don't get me wrong, but I can think of a handful of defensive players I'd rather have. I mean, a defensive tackle doesn't really have that much impact on a game. Am I right? I disagree with you on that one. I think Aaron Donald is worth okay. every, every penny. I th- it's like a J.J. Watt type effect where Watt can move outside to Aaron. Donald, you think he's that good? I mean, I, th- I think he's a he's a smidge below. I mean, J.J. Watt's a very a generational talent, but I think Aaron Donald is a step below that. I think if Aaron Donald yeah. was in this draft right now, he'd be the first overall pick hands down uh, after what we've seen so far. Um, I think that he's worth every penny because he's a pass rusher. He can help stuff the run. He's he's just a great all-around player. I can think of like three cornerbacks I'd rather have than him. You talked about uh, J.J. Watt, Khalil Mack as well, maybe a linebacker or two. Aaron Donald's amazing, but I just can't see that much money. Dan, where do you stand on this? I'm inclined to agree with Tags. I mean, he, he has, he's already have 28 sacks in his career. I mean, that that's a ridiculous number so far. Uh, I, I really think he just has an incredible impact to the game, obviously. I mean, I I can understand the argument uh, for a cornerback sort of being more important, but I, I don't know. Every time I watch him play, I just, he's a game changer. I do think he would be a top, maybe not the top overall pick, but a top three pick this year. So I'm inclined to agree with that. Yeah. And on top of that, you have to think, so they raise the salary cap. So therefore teams have much more money to spend. There's teams in the NFL right now that have tons of money just sitting around that they have nothing to do with. So they're going to overpay right. a player. That's point. So, so why would you not overpay someone like Aaron Donald when, you know, these guys are going to go out and sign free agents next year and they're going to be way overpaid. Uh, like for me, the wide receiver market, I think that the agents for Alshon Jeffrey and guys like that did a poor job. Uh, Terrell Pryor, you know, you should have cashed in, you know, off the season you had with the Browns. So these guys getting one year deals when these teams had all this cap room. I just it, it kind of blows my mind. But um, for Aaron Donald, he's a game changer. He's a player that, you know, it's not often that you can get a guaranteed game changer. And for the Rams, they could use as many of those as possible. Now, finally, apparently the 49ers are looking at Leonard Fournette at number two in the draft. Uh, and don't no buy trade it. Don't buy it, Bobby. Don't buy it. I, I, I'm asking. I, I want to know, is this a smokescreen? I mean, they were just hyping him two weeks ago. No, I, I can't. I, I think this is a smokescreen. I think this is to get teams to try and move up like uh, those teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Panthers that have talked about drafting Fournette. I think it's the 49ers trying to build a trade market for someone to trade up to number two, because I, I think we we all know that. As much as the Browns want to play Miles Jarrett, he's going to go number one. Um, I don't think that there's any chance that Trubisky's the first pick. Um, yeah. so I think that the 49ers are just trying to build a trade market for their number two pick. Again, I'm sorry to keep agreeing with tags, but I, I do. I mean, considering how many needs the 49ers have, I know Hyde is coming back, obviously, from injury. But still, I mean, he's he is you guys were talking about a couple of podcasts ago. I agree. He's an elite back. I, I just don't see them uh, going for Fournette. So I do think that they're trying to raise uh, trade stock for that draft pick. I, I'm with tags too. I just can't understand why they would leak this out. Like if we're seeing it, of course the other NFL teams are going to see it. They're not going to be like, Oh no, we have to trade up for him. Like they, they have to know this is fake, right? Yeah. The, I mean, there, there's two, like the thing is the 49ers have too many other holes in their team. You're not going to go out there and draft a running back. And honestly, with Shanahan's system, they're probably going to want two running backs. So you have Carlos Hyde in tow. You don't really want to spend a high draft pick. You need some help on defense. That's obvious. I mean, how many games was it that, where they gave up a hundred yard rusher? I think it was, uh, I want to say it was like nine or 10 games straight. And the only one who didn't was basically Todd Gurley. So <laughs> for, 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 for me, like, I, I don't understand the thought process. I do think that they draft a running back, but I think they get one maybe in the later rounds. I think Wayne Gallman would make an interesting type guy to go behind Carlos Hyde that can contribute in somewhat of a timeshare, uh, maybe like a 70-30 because Carlos Hyde, I've mentioned it. I think he's one of the best one, two down backs in the game. He showed the ability last year to catch some passes in Chip Kelly's system. Not saying he's the greatest uh, in, in the receiving game, but I think he's competent enough to to work in Kyle Shanahan's system. 
But plus, let's not forget, John Lynch is a little bit of a wild card, right? Nobody knows exactly what he's going to do. So That's a good point. Uh, as much as other teams might be thinking, well, you know, maybe he's going to come in and he's going to think that Fournette is just an elite player and the best player available, and that's going to be his philosophy. So, I, I mean, I think it's if it is a smokescreen, it's worth it. You never know what other teams are going to think. So Agreed. And maybe he's getting some real nice offers for Carlos Hyde. If he does and, and that he thinks those offers are more valuable than him, why not? I don't think so. I, I, I can't see them. I can't see a trade market for Hyde. Dan, I, do you think that there's a trade market considering the names there's, that are still out there in free agent, considering the, the running back free agent market, how, how very quiet it was? No, I would be pretty shocked if for no other reason than Hyde's really not recovered from his injury, which has scared me a little bit as I've been thinking about him in this offseason. It's that he didn't have surgery or anything on his knee, but he's still not able to cut really effectively three or four months later. I don't see another team basically taking the risk on an injury-prone guy who, as talented as he is, is not currently healthy. And as you said, the, the market's kind of been slow to develop. There are guys out there. So I'd be surprised, quite frankly, if he's trying to drum up trade interest and hide. Okay, guys, let's move on over to the draft. Today, we're doing a PPR mock draft. Usually when we do these draft episodes, we pick from the same slot but do separate drafts. Today, we're still going to do separate drafts, but we're picking from three different spots. And if you guys listening want to follow along at home, you can go and use our Draft Wizard Simulator software for free as we draft and see how your grade turns out compared to us at the end of our drafts. We're going 12 teams, one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and four bench spots. Dan, you're going to be picking second overall. I've got seven, and Tags is picking back-to-back at number 12. So, Dan, who's on your board right now? And the first pick was David Johnson. So I think, you know, the second pick, pretty obvious right here. I'm going to go with uh, the main guy who everybody likes, Jay Ajayi. I just think he's real. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get. I was wondering whether or not like the, the podcast was just going to completely cut off and stuff like that. So no, I think it I'm, just crashed. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, with Le'Veon Bell, who's a pretty obvious pick to me, even in uh, even in a PPR league. Obviously, um, you know, he had the core muscle surgery, but I'm not really worried about it. And even last year, he finished as the number three non quarterback player, despite not playing for four games, three games with the surgery and one sitting out. So Le'Veon Bell is an easy pick for me at number two. So in mine, I'm looking at my draft board, and and usually when I do this, you get one of the wide receivers, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, or Mike Evans at the number seven slot. But right now I have two options. I've got Jones or Mike Evans because somebody reached all the way at number four for Devontae Freeman. I'm not understanding that, so I'm going to be really happy grabbing Mike Evans here, even over Julio Jones. I just think uh, he has less of a chance to get injured. Uh, He's going to be more featured in that offense, and I understand Julio Jones is... Uh, he's almost twice as talented. He's very, very good, but I'm taking Mike Evans here. I think there's a safer floor. I'm really curious, uh, Dan, where do you stand on Julio Jones? Like I'm seeing him slide down draft boards to sometimes one, seven, one, eight, like Bobby just said. And I'm, I'm like puzzled by it. I really, I mean, I can understand taking the running backs, but I don't know how you take Odell Beckham over Julio Jones. I mean, Odell Beckham has had some serious injury concerns over his career. He he now has Brandon Marshall in the offense. It sounds like they're going to add a tight end. We all know that Paul Perkins is probably going to add more in the receiving game. Shane Vereen's healthy. I'm just curious. Where, where do you stand on Julio Jones? No, I, I don't understand uh, why he would be slipping either. Uh, I would have him as my number two behind uh, Antonio Brown. Definitely one spot ahead of Odell. I, I look, I don't, I don't have strong feelings about that whole sort of, you know, the difference between those, those top guys, but yeah, I, I love them. And I realize that obviously there are injury concerns, uh, but there are injury concerns with almost everyone. And last year, you know, he sort of battled through it the whole time and he still had 1400 yards. Uh, so I'm definitely, I, I mean, I personally, if it were me, I would certainly take him uh, above Evans uh, in any format, but I, I'm, I'm high on him and I, you know, I I don't understand, quite frankly, the fact that he seems to be slipping a little bit farther than he should. For what it's worth, he dropped all the way to number 11 in my draft. I've never seen that before. Oh, man. Well, unfortunately, I'm sitting here at my number 12 pick, and I don't have the option. Julio went at 1-7 in mine. <laughs> uh, my board, it looks like the three picks it comes down to, because I have back-to-back ones, it comes down to Melvin Gordon, Des Bryant, Michael Thomas. They're all still on the board. I usually try and grab a running back, although with the Chargers right now, there's so many options in that receiving game. I do see Melvin Gordon's touchdowns regressing. His yards per carry has never been great with them. So for me, I'm going to take two of my top seven wide receivers, and that is Des Bryant and Michael Thomas. Um, 
with Brandon Cooks gone, Michael Thomas's ceiling slightly, it got a little bit higher. I don't think that he's going to see a dramatic increase in targets just because that's just not how Sean Payton's offense works. Um, but we've, we we saw him in his rookie season. He's only going to get better. And Des Bryant, uh, I broke that down in an article um, earlier this offseason about him over his last 10 games with Dak Prescott. It was ridiculous. It would have been like the number two wide receiver in fantasy this year. They were on fire once they got some continuity going between them. So I'm, I'm going with Des Bryant and Michael Thomas here. Now, coming back to me in round two, the top three players on my board, according to ECR at least, Jordy Nelson at number 12, Des Bryant at 14, Amari Cooper at 19. Everyone knows how I feel about Cooper. Uh, I'm worried about Nelson having some severe touchdown regression. And, uh, you know, he's not getting any younger. They've been using Devontae Adams a lot more. So I'm going to stay away from him. Des Bryant has all the injury issues. Um, so I could take him, but I really want to go high upside here. And I've got Gronk, who, look, if he's healthy all season, he's a top 10 player. Uh, he looked great in WrestleMania. He looked great tackling Tom Brady <laughs> and kind of flirting with him on uh, in Fenway Park. And then I've got Keenan Allen. Okay, and Keenan Allen might make it back to me. I'm actually going to use the pick predictor tool here that's uh, a premium feature. And it says that Keenan Allen will probably make it back to me. So I'm just going to cross my fingers here and take Gronk and hope that uh, hope that he stays healthy all season. It's unlikely. But if he does, I'm probably going to win my league because Gronk is that helpful. Yeah, Gronk's uh, pretty awesome. And he's actually sitting here for me in round two, also at the 11th pick. Uh, the experts are kind of split for me. Uh, 33% divided equally between three players. And that's Cooper, Gronkowski, and Keenan Allen. I might think about taking Gronkowski uh, for the same reasons that you said, Bobby, but frankly, I've been listening to you guys all offseason, and I need to jump in and voice my strong support for Team Tags on the Amari Cooper debate. So I, I know, look, I, honestly, I, I I get I get the whole Michael Crabtree thing, and I, I hate it too, but, you know, this is it's time. It's time now for Amari Cooper's skills to take over and show in the stat sheet. And frankly, Tags, I want you on board with this. I've been thinking about it. Best Raiders receiver season ever. Tim Brown, 1997, 104 catches, 1,408 yards. I'm going over on Amari Cooper on both. Okay, now I'm not going to touch the touchdowns because Crabtree is still there. And frankly, 16 touchdowns for Art Powell in 1963 is not going to happen. But I'm very on board with Cooper taking kind of the next step this year. So I just wanted to make sure that I'm getting him. There was 50% chance that the guy at one would leave him. But I want to make sure that I get him here so I could voice my support. I love that, but I love that boldness there. Uh, saying over fourteen hundred yards, I love it. Um, you guys, you guys are gonna miss. No. You guys are gonna mislead the listeners. Well, Amari Cooper's a turd. Hold on a second, he is not a turd. Um, they signed, they, they signed <laughs> on. So the competition that increased this offseason is Jared Cook. I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Jared Cook is not even better. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that Jared Cook is not better than even Michael Rivera, who was on the roster. Uh, let alone Clive Walford, who is like twenty two years old. And I, I just don't understand what they're doing there. I mean, they signed Corderell Patterson, but they lost Latavius Murray, which should free up some goal line targets for Amari Cooper, leaving Crabtree with whatever he's going to get. But I'm telling you, Crabtree's a year older. Amari Cooper's coming into his prime. It's his third year, typically when wide receivers catch on. Amari Cooper, I'm with you. Dan, high five. We're, we're high fiving to podcast. Virtual high five. Virtual yes. high five to yes, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I just traded away a bunch for Amari Cooper in a dynasty league because I'm, I'm trying to buy low compared to what that's going to be so sad for you tags no you're going to be sad get out of here this is not a tweet that can be deleted all right this is now for posterity it is on this podcast we're calling our shot so we can look back at this after the season we can see you know amari cooper is going to be the defining disagreement between you two on the season and again fully on board on team tags i think it's hunter henry but (laughs) yeah hold on a second (laughs) so producers uh mark this date down and we're going to come back to this episode at the end of the season we're going to do a season recap and we are 100 percent coming back to this yeah all right good so now, looking forward to it all right who are you taking here dan so now i'm looking at their pick and actually surprisingly uh the guy at number one did not take gronkowski uh I, so it's between him and keenan allen who i also love particularly in ppr formats and frankly you know what i'll just take i'm going to take keenan allen frankly because bobby you already kind of gave a little bit of a rundown on gronkowski I'm not sure what I would do in an actual draft, but I'm going to do it here. You know, Allen, uh, so I'm I'm selecting Keenan Allen here. Again, you know, with him, it's all about health, right? I mean, he is sort of an elite player in PPR formats, but he's missed 25 games in his four-year career. But, I mean, he had 67 catches in 2015 in eight games. I mean, that that's just ridiculous. And even last year in his half of the game that he played, he had six catches. So, 
Uh, reports on him in this offseason are pretty good, so I'm on board with him in a PPR format. So that's my selection with the first pick of round three. Keenan Allen did not drop to me. I'm uh, I'm bummed about it. However, Alshon Jeffrey did drop to me. We're at pick 31, and Alshon's ECR number 23 in a PPR league. I got to pull the trigger. I'm not the biggest fan of him because he's got all those soft tissue issues, but uh, it's, it's a nice pick at 31. I'll take him. Not bad. I mean, Elshon, I'm really I'm curious to see how what the passing volume is going to be like in Philadelphia this year. I don't know if they're going to draft a running back, what they're doing there, but it's it's interesting. Elshon Jeffrey, I think he's a third rounder. I think that's where he belongs. But crazy enough, Bobby, and I don't know if you've seen this because I haven't done too many mock drafts yet. But right now I'm at the end of the third round, start of the fourth. Allen Robinson's still on the board. And uh, a lot of people I've gotten into arguments this offseason about Allen Robinson and the fact that he was awful this past season. I get it. I get all that. But there's something to be said about the consistency of balls that comes your way. And and if it, can you establish any sort of rhythm? And I don't believe Allen Robinson got that. I think that he's one of the better route runners in the league. Um, so I'm sticking with my guy, Allen Robinson. I, I think it's a it's it's great to get him here because I've seen him go as as early as the mid late second. So for to get him at the basically the three four turn. I'm happy getting him here, adding to Michael Thomas and Des Bryant. And then we talked about him earlier in the show. Carlos Hyde is still there. So he's going to anchor my RB1 position. So honestly, I could not be happier with the start of my draft right now. The only other player I considered was Spencer Ware. He's there on the board. And if if the Chiefs don't draft a running back with a top, you know, let's say top four pick, I think Spencer Ware is an RB1. Uh, I stand by that. I, I think his talent's there. Um, I'm with you. But some people are tying a running back there. Like, I think McCaffrey could fit actually there. I think Kamara uh, could fit there really well. I think Kamara can be a Jamal Charles replacement for them. Uh, but I'm curious to see where they go. So for now, I'm happy with my three wide receivers and, and uh, Hyde locking down my RB1 spot. You know what, Tags? We actually agree on a lot of stuff. It's just a couple things that we're both pretty passionate about <laughs> that we disagree on. And uh, look, Alan Robinson is still on the board. I, trust me, guys, I did not rig no, this draft no, even though I no, set it up. No, I'm getting Allen Robinson at number 42 in a PPR league. Wait a minute, hold on. So is, wait, Dan, you're against Allen Robinson? No, I like Allen Robinson. I don't believe that he's still there. I think Bobby is completely rigging the entire thing. I, I 100% agree. That's why at the end... <laughs> oh, you guys are going to hate my next pick. You guys are just going to hate me. I can't believe this guy fell. All right. Well, I'm up now, right? Is it back to me here? At uh, yeah. All right, pick 11. So this, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball, okay? So, uh, you know, I agree, actually, Spencer Ware. I like him here. You're going to draft a quarterback, aren't you? I am going to draft a quarterback because Aaron Rodgers has fallen. Now, it's not that late for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know exactly what. 47 overall. He's 31 in ECR. Now, look, I, I do not draft a quarterback early, especially in one quarterback leagues. I don't think most of us do. But I will say that, frankly... When I when I do randomly kind of take the jump and take the quarterback a little early, I hate my teams coming out of the draft, but they generally have success and they are the ones that I think most often win the championship. And this year, Aaron Rodgers in four of my leagues, the guy with Aaron Rodgers won the championship. So for me, it although it's not what I usually do, I'm going to take him, especially because you guys were saying Spencer Ware, who I like as well. Obviously, it depends on if the chief drafts a running back. I like him and that pick predictor basically says it's more than 99% chance that the guy at one will not take him. So my plan is to take Aaron Rodgers here, which is a little bit of a curveball, and then probably take Spencer Ware on the pick back, which is correct. He did not go. So I'm drafting Aaron Rodgers and then Spencer Ware to turn for my RB2. Again, you know, Spencer Ware, he's sort of this uninspiring guy. You watch him play. It's not exciting or anything like that. But he did average 4.3 yards per carry, and he was one of the league leaders with 2.8 yards after contact. He's not a, a bad player by any means. I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap. Again, it depends on whether or not uh, the Chiefs draft a running back. But if not, I think he's definitely a solid uh, low-end RB1, and I think he'll still provide RB2 value even if they do. I agree. And Spen no, so Spencer Ware looks. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Tex. <laughs> no, 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 it's right. No, I wanted to make sure I got it in on Spencer Ware because, like, I've been a supporter, and some people are like, well, you know, he really tailed off towards the end of the year. He was a boring play, you know, getting all those carries, 70, 80 yards a game. And it really seemed like the turnaround was the game against the Colts where he was concussed. And ever since then, things just didn't go right for him. And I, I really don't know what it was, if it was something with him, but I also looked further into it. And Parker Oranger, he's one of the offensive line. I don't know if I'm saying his, his last name correctly, but once he was a, one of their best guards, run-blocking guards, once he went down, that's that coincided with Spencer Ware's decline almost. So for me, I think once the offensive line gets healthy, if they even, they potentially could build it even more through the draft. I think Spencer Ware, like I said, there's a lot of things that hinge on this draft, but I love... I love your pick of Spencer Ware there, and I also love the pick of Aaron Rodgers. I tell people all the time, I'm I'm right there with you, Dan. I think that 
we, we all preach late quarterback, but if Aaron, if you're sitting there staring at Aaron Rodgers and, you know, someone like Larry Fitzgerald or Tyreek Hill, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers all day. Yeah. For what it's worth on Aaron Rodgers, in the past five years, he's been in the top three in fantasy football in points above replacement. That's incredible. I mean, I don't understand why he's going as late. I mean, I, I know there's values to be had at quarterback, but for him to drop that far, that, that doesn't make sense to me. I would have pulled the trigger too, so I'm not going to make funny for that one. You know, the one thing now, guys, about him, by the way, the one thing about him is just, I, I do feel now as, you know, Anna, you know, just there, there's more information out there about fantasy, right? And And waiting on quarterback is generally a kind of respected strategy and most people realize that it's the right thing and I think almost and it's a it's a phrase that gets tossed around I use it in baseball a lot but the hate's kind of gone too far and I feel like the hate on drafting a quarterback anytime early has gone a little too far where now everybody's waiting so, so long so I think it's okay to jump on them and especially there people used to be drafting quarterbacks at like number 12 number 15 and they weren't as good as Aaron Rodgers and now he's being drafted at 35 that's just that's a little ridiculous to me um, guys, this one's easy for me. Spencer Ware is still there somehow. So all three of us get Spencer Ware. And uh, my team is looking way too good. You guys are going to have a hard time catching me, mostly because of the people that fell to me. I would disagree because Spencer Ware actually fell to me at 512. Ah. So oh. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just, I think what we're seeing here is that Spencer Ware is falling down draft boards for whatever reason. Um, and I, I'm more than happy to take him. Like my, my starting lineup is fantastic right now. And I'm not going to jump at quarterback yet. I don't feel like, I, I feel like I could wait two or three rounds and get the player I want here. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with Spencer Ware at 512. And then at 6-1, you know, it's, I'm, I want to, I'm looking at the running backs and we're, I'm looking at CJ Procise, Theo Riddick, and I'm not really enticed by those guys. So I'm looking back at the wide receivers and tight ends, which I have Dante Moncrief here. And I, um, I'm aboard Dante Moncrief, like having his coming out party. Maybe we were a, two, a year too early last year. And it kind of reminds me, the situation here with Moncrief reminds me very similarly of what Devonte Adams was last year. You know, everybody wanted to mock Devonte Adams after his number two uh, season in the league where he just, he was dropping passes. He didn't look very good. He had an opportunity. I think there was one game where he had 20 targets and he finished with like 50 yards. It was something ridiculous where everybody jumped off. And then all of a sudden Devonte Adams jumps back on the radar because Aaron Rodgers is throwing him the football. He's in a high powered offense. I think Dante Moncrief is in a very, very similar situation. And I think the talent we've always known is there. Um, Andrew Luck's come back off shoulder surgery. Hopefully that's all cleared up. So for me, Dante Moncrief at the start of the sixth, it's a player that could potentially be a first or second round pick next year. Yeah, I like that pick for sure. I was really, really high on Moncrief coming into the season. Um, and I think, you know, regardless of what else happens, he's obviously one of the most trusted uh, guys in the red zone for uh, for Luck. So I, I really like the pick there for sure. He's like a Jordy Nelson light. I mean, I'm not sure he's ever going to become that kind of quality player. He doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. I know he has Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck spreads the ball around a lot more. Uh, but Dante Moncrief has the same type of skill set. He's a freak athlete. Uh, everyone knows I loved him last year. Um, I'm going to continue on that bandwagon. Probably not as much because he didn't look dynamite last year, but I still think he can be a real good one. Yeah, most definitely. And that's that's the thing. It's just like by by paying what I did for him, getting him at the start of the sixth round, I'm not paying a big premium. He's filling my flex spot. It's not like I'm asking him to produce wide receiver two numbers like I thought he would last year. You know, it's it's definitely possible that he does that, but I'm not expecting it. Okay, guys, for my uh, sixth pick here, Tom Brady's off the board, Drew Brees is off the board, Matt Ryan's off the board. Andrew Luck is still sitting there. ECR number 43, pick number 66. The next best guy on the board is number 57, Tyler Eifer. I've already got a tight end. This one's easy for me, Andrew Luck. I'm jealous. I'm yeah, jealous. Uh, this is this is cheating. It's cheating uh, because I'm not there. I, I understand <laughs> that you have some sort of control over, over how you're making this uh, – Fallout, but uh, boy, both of you guys are really doing well. I, I'm expecting to get the worst draft grade here coming in. So uh, let's, <laughs> let's see how balls up. So I am currently looking at. I mean, again, I'm looking at the same running backs that Tags was looking at. CJ Procise, Theoretic, and I'm really not in love with them. Uh, I, you know, their uh, experts are suggesting maybe Jimmy Graham, who I do like, but I think I'm actually going to go with a guy who I feel like I'm a little higher on probably than the industry. And it's not just because he was like the one usable player from the Jets for several years, but I'm going to go with Brandon Marshall. Now, I, you know, I, I don't really believe that he's done. Uh, you know, I think it was much more a product of a, an anonymous, horribly inaccurate bearded quarterback from last season that kind of caused his numbers to tank. 
I, I don't really think that he's going to go back to the 2015 version, you know, 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns or anything like that. But, you know, I'm not drafting him to be that player. Uh, instead, you know, I think Odell Beckham is probably going to garner the majority of the attention. Obviously, Sterling Shepard will cut in, but I, I think he's going to be a big red zone threat. I think he's going to get his yards. And I think with a, a competent to, you know, above average quarterback in Eli, I think he's going to have kind of a bounce back season. So at my next pick... Uh, again, I'm still not loving the running backs. Uh, Jimmy Graham was taken. The experts are suggesting Hunter Henry, but I'm not quite as high as uh, as Bobby on him. So I think I'm going to take another wide receiver here, and I am going to take Jordan Matthews. Um, he's a guy who, you know, he, he could be traded at some point, obviously, with the additions of Alshon and, and Torrey Smith. He's in the final year of his deal. But really, you know, I feel like we all view him as a disappointment. And frankly, without any consistency at all at the quarterback position. He's averaged 75 receptions for 900 yards and six touchdowns in his last three seasons. He never misses time. If he stays, Carson Wentz is improving. There's going to be, you know, cornerbacks are going to be pulled over to the other wide receivers. So especially in the PPR league, where I feel like he'll be involved. I'm definitely fine with that, taking that at uh, basically the uh, beginning of round seven. Guys, this is really ugly for all the luck that I had. The luck has completely run out. There is nobody on the board that I want anymore. I think I'm just going to uh, hit the sim button and, and see what it gives me. <laughs> this is bad. Okay, at running back, we already talked about CJ Procise, Theo Riddick, Latavius Murray. I'm not buying them. I'm not reaching on Jonathan Stewart, even though I like him. Yeah. Amir Abdul, I like him. We'll get those guys later. I guess I got to go at wide receiver, but I got Randall Cobb, Jeremy Macklin, who's being drafted way too high in my opinion. Devontae Parker, who I think is going to fall. Uh, I think Randall Cobb's probably the best player on the board. Look, I'm not excited about him, but I guess I need another flex guy. So Randall Cobb it is. It's not a bad pick. I mean, we've seen Cobb perform. Unfortunately, I think that the the team's too full now. It just seems like Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, I expect to take a major step back this year. I think that he could still flirt with wide receiver two numbers. But Randall Cobb, you have to try and figure out where this production's coming from. They signed Martellus Bennett. They signed Lance Kendricks. They're, they're going to add a running back somewhere. Ty Montgomery can catch passes. Dan... How do you feel about Randall Cobb? He's one of the players I'm extremely torn on because we have a history to go off of proven production, but at the same time, we've seen it trending in the wrong direction. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out on Randall Cobb, honestly. <laughs> I, I, I like him as a player, but I'm just tired. I'm tired of drafting Randall Cobb and expecting him to be this reliable, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, and he just doesn't deliver. And frankly, I mean, you guys were talking about a few podcasts ago. Because I've added um, Martellus Bennett, I, I just, I, you know, I, I feel like with that being reliable, I, I just don't really know that there's going to be uh, enough action for him to get in on right now with Devontae Adams kind of, you know, establishing himself and Jordy being fully healthy. I mean, Jordy was great last year, but he wasn't even 100%. You could tell, you know, at times. So I just don't, I'm just out on Randall Cobb, guys. I, I doubt I'll have him on any teams this year. I yeah I, I I completely understand the thought process there and like you heard what I was saying about it and honestly I I do believe that the Packers pass volume comes down it was at an, a crazy rate last year because their defense was so bad now granted <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone the other day and we were talking about that and he's like well what have the Packers done to improve their situation and I'm like well they haven't done anything yet but I don't think it can get as bad as it did last year like last year was a historically bad secondary from the Packers yeah. I'm not going to argue with you guys about Randall Cobb. I don't like the pick. <laughs> Who's next? Okay, so now it comes back to me, and I'm stuck here with a position where I'm mad because my my quarterback that I was planning on taking, Dak Prescott, went at 7-4. Now, Cam Newton is still on the board, which is really upsetting because... Don't do it. No, I'm not going to do it because the thing is, <laughs> I, Cam Newton is... I have him actually as my number 12 quarterback right now. Um, the other quarterbacks here left on the board are Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Those are the two that I've considered. But at the same time, I really don't feel the need to go to them because I feel like, I again, I can get Tyrod Taylor later. I can get Jameis Winston. I feel good with those guys. Um, so for me, I'm going to add and I'm going to build my bench a little bit because the tight ends that are there, I have Kyle Rudolph. Well, I might, I'm going to go Jordan Matthews. You know, you guys uh, – We've already talked about him, Dan. You drafted him. Um, he's still there in my on my pick too. It's seven twelve, which is kind of nuts in a PPR format. I do think that he's going to become their possession receiver. I think Alshon Jeffrey is going to be the the primary red zone guy. You're going to have Torrey Smith be the field stretcher. Uh, so Jordan Matthews should get a lot of underneath stuff. And then a tight end. I'm really torn here. I got my buddy Jack Doyle. He's still on the board, and then I have Kyle Rudolph, who I believe in both those players. Um, their ECR is down at twelve and fourteen somehow. I think I'll go at Rudolph and you know, maybe if my boy Jack Doyle is there on the next turn, I'll take him too. Um, I typically don't take two tight ends, but I'll go with Kyle Rudolph here instead of Cam Newton. 
I like that pick, actually. And uh, I'm right there with you, by the way, on Doyle. I think I probably would have Doyle one spot ahead. Uh, he was he was pretty solid last year, especially in PPR. I think he was 13th last year. And obviously, uh, without uh, Dwayne Allen there now, he should go better. But I, I definitely think that uh, that Rudolph is, is, you know, he's Rudolph is like the quintessential uh, solid but unspectacular player, right? He, he's almost never going to hurt you. He's never going to throw up a dud. Uh, but that late, and as we'll talk about when it get back to me, I misjudged the tight end market, and neither of those guys are going to be left when it gets back to me, and I'm going to be in some tight end trouble. So I definitely think, A, taking a tight end there, and B, taking Rudolph is the right move. Guys, I really want Kevin White, but I need a second running back so bad that I just kind of pulled the trigger on Theo Riddick. I waited way too long, and uh, this might really bite me. I mean, the rest of my team looks really nice, except for Randall Cobb, but... Um, I got to get my running back. And if Kevin White's not there, I'm going to be bummed. But I got to take this chance. So, Bobby, how do you feel about the situation in Detroit playing out? Like, do you think uh, for me, Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick are similar players? I don't think Amir Abdullah is an in-between the tackles runner on one first and second down. I think he's a better receiver. I think he can run the ball better than Theo Riddick. But I think they're similar players. I just don't understand what's yeah. going on. And I don't know how to predict it there in Detroit. I think that uh, what it comes down to is Theo Riddick is the better pass catcher. And so in pass catching situations, he's going to have priority there. Now, they would love to be able to pass the ball to Amir Abdullah a lot, right? I mean, he's a, he's a very good player. You watch him on the tape last year. He looked like someone who was going to break out. I love Amir Abdullah, but I just feel like in a PPR league, theoretic is the safer play here. And uh, I can't be going and having a, a second running back, Amir Abdullah, and who knows what we're going to get. So I was kind of hoping that he would drop to me the next round. I could get both those guys so I could capitalize on whatever Detroit does do. But I think Riddick's probably the safer play. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little torn on that. Uh, I, you know, I, I like Riddick a lot uh, if he stays healthy and obviously in a PPR league. But I, I love Abdullah. I, I feel like I've been completely obsessed with him since he just destroyed the Jets in that first preseason game. And, uh, you know, I was just like, all right, I must have this guy in every league. So I, I feel <laughs> like I might kind of be looking at him. For me, uh, I mean, uh, Riddick is gone at this point. Again, CJ Procise is still there. I just don't. It's not a pick that I'm going to be inspired. The experts suggest Latavius Murray, but I just have no interest in Latavius Murray. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a mediocre running back. Uh, the Minnesota line isn't isn't fixed, and obviously Jared McKinnon is still there. So I am going to take the uninspiring pick of Jonathan Stewart, which, again, I don't, yeah, love, baby. I don't love him. You know what I mean? And obviously, I don't know what the Panthers uh, are, are planning to do. Uh, in I think they're the eighth pick, so obviously they could you know, be looking at Fournette if he goes, maybe Dalvin Cook. But again, you know, when I looked at some of these stats, like we talked about it with Spencer, where, I, you know, he averaged 2.7 yards after contact. That's a good number for someone like Jonathan Stewart. And frankly, uh, you know, they're they're bound to have to, in, you know, better the line. I think they added Matt Khalil or whatever. So, I, you know, the line should be better. And, you know, Cam is not going to be running as much this year. Obviously, he's going to have to change the way he plays. And he did in the second half of last season. So I would expect Stewart to get more. Uh, I am still desperately looking for a tight end, but frankly, I just don't like anybody who's left. So I think it's going to be one of these weird drafts where I'm going to wait quite a while to draft my last one. Randall Cobb is also still sitting there, but frankly, I have four uh, wide receivers at this point, Cooper, Allen, Brandon Marshall, and Jordan Matthews. I'd like a little more running back tech, so I think I'm going to reach a little bit. I'm going to take a guy who uh, is uh, obviously has some issues in that he's suspended for the first four games, but I'm going to take Kenneth Dixon here. He's uh, a guy who, you know, since I'm not drafting him to be a starter or anything like that, the four game suspension obviously hurts, but I feel like he's as good a chance as anything to become an elite option. Once he gets back uh, in week five, he had 4.3 yards per carry and 30 catches and pretty limited action. Obviously they added uh, Danny Woodhead and still Terrence West is around, but frankly, I, I really think they want Dixon to be the guy. So I think at this point, his, upside uh and you know relative safety that i'll give after week five is, is worth it i like it. i'm with you on kenneth dixon i'm taking him right now and it's on to tags how do you feel about dixon tags love him um before this before the suspension uh but like when they signed woodhead it brought down his price in a lot of leagues and uh, i'm in a few dynasty leagues and i went and traded for kenneth dixon and won because some people just panicked and thought that it meant that they were giving up on dixon and for me it was just a pass catching running back that's at the tail end of his career i'm not worried about woodhead at all um 
for me, Dixon's a great pick, especially you don't want him as a starter because obviously being suspended for the first four games, that's going to hurt. They may ease him into action uh, as kind of like a disciplinary thing. Um, but I do, I love the talent. I do agree that he could be a premier back. I had him down as an RB2 uh, before this whole suspension hit. So that definitely hurts, but I like the pick. Um, <laughs> to me, guys, I'm, I'm here at the 10, uh, the 9 10 turn. Cam Newton's still there. Um, <laughs> it's now to the point where it's like, I feel like I'm getting somewhat of a value from him because it, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of Cam Newton. I've said it before. I've said it a million times. I prefer my quarterbacks to be able to throw the ball. Um, but I will take him here for fantasy purposes because basically in the 10th round, you can't beat the value there. Um, so I, I took Newton there and then I'm looking at the, I only have two running backs in my roster, Hyde and Spencer Ware. Hyde isn't, we know that he's not the most healthy running back. So my running back choices that it comes down to, it comes down to Matt Forte, Paul Perkins, uh, and Derek Henry. So this is a bench running back. Am I going to, so for me, it's upside here. I'm not going to go with Forte. For me, I'm going to look at upside. I'm going to pick either Derek Henry or Paul Perkins. And I'm going to back up what my article said the other day. I I did an article basically on the age of running backs, uh, basically saying, when does a running back peak? When do they lose their upside? And DeMarco Murray just passed up the, the prime of his career. He basically has zero upside left. I don't see him finishing as an RB1 ever again. So for me, that tells me that Derrick Henry is going to have an increased role as he did towards the end of the season. So I'm taking the upside. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry here. I love that pick. Uh, I was looking at him last round, but uh, Kenneth Dixon to me just has has a closer route. And I'm not sure. I guess Dixon wasn't available for you. Would you have taken Dixon or Henry? I would take Dixon 100% because he he would have been one of my bench running backs. And yeah, I'm with you guys. I love Dixon's talent. And I think that it's only a matter of time before that shows. Yeah, I would like to be able to uh, afford Derrick Henry right here. But I'm with you. Cam Newton is still there. And it's really weird that we're both taking Cam Newton because we're both Cam Newton haters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're taking him in the same draft. But you know what? If he falls to me at pick 114, he's number 76 in ECR. Yeah, I've got to do it. Yeah. Now, Bobby, do you have a quarterback already or no? I do. I have Andrew Luck. So oh. I'm just uh, I'm getting really rich here. And I'm just going to wait till Cam Newton has a big week and I'll sell him to some chump in my league. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's going. Th- I know what Bobby's doing. Bobby's going through the draft wizard. He's going to beat us because he's got that stack right there. Right. Exactly. Well, uh, fortunately, <laughs> fortunately for me, I-, I trade so much that I just always take the best players and, yeah. you know, and make it work. So it yeah. makes sense. Well, fortunately for me, Cam Newton is not available, so I don't have to worry about the temptation, <laughs> although I would probably pass on him. I feel like if you draft Rodgers, you got to understand that you're not drafting another one. Again, I still have no tight end, but the tight ends that are available are all exactly this. I don't really care about Fedorowicz and Witten and, and Miller and anything like that. So uh, for the same reasons that Tags uh, took him in the last round, I am going to take Derrick Henry and I think I think it was on the podcast that you guys said it uh the tag said it which was the second half of last season or maybe after week 11 or something like that mm-hmm. yep uh, I mean DeMarco Murray averaged something like three and a half yards per carry or something like that something something ridiculous yep. he's obviously got so much mileage on him at this point and eventually the, the you know the wheels sort of fall off for everybody Henry uh is incredibly talented so I I definitely kind of feel like that's a fantastic pick for both of us frankly. Uh, yes. Again, I, I have one. I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? No, you got the, you got better value than I did. You, you got him even. Um, it was almost a full round later than I did though. Yeah. Well, you both got where much later than I got. Him, so <laughs> we're, we're even now. Uh, I think for, for my, uh, I've got two picks left here, a tight end or a bench spot. Again, I don't really, I, I mean, it's all right, fine. I mean, it, I, I feel like the experts are going to get mad at me if I don't take a tight end uh, <laughs> soon. <laughs> so uh, I will forego my last bench spot and I'll just take CJ Fedorowicz. Frankly, I mean, he was he was solid last year. Um, obviously, he got a quarterback upgrade in that it is anyone other than Brock Osweiler. So I, I think he's going to be fine there. Um, but again, tight end is certainly not going to be a strength of my team, but I don't really care. <laughs> the, the Fedorowitz thing I, my concern with him is that they they seem content on using multiple tight ends in Houston and uh, the thing with Brock Osweiler yeah. he seemed to lock on to Fedorowitz as the season went on and that's why I, I don't know if he'll get as many targets obviously they're going to be hope well I should say hopefully be a better quality from Tom Savage or Jay Cutler or, whatever, or Tony Romo for there's rumors that Tony Romo hasn't filed his retirement papers and that there's a chance that he can still come back uh, basketball or uh, football here? <laughs> <laughs> he should have been able to play, by the way. That's a oh, bunch of crap. That is so sad. I, I wanted to see that so bad. Yeah, yeah that no. was ridiculous. Honestly, let the let the guy play. It was it would have been really funny. 
So guys, I uh, I have four wide receivers right now. I'd like to get another one on my bench. Devontae Parker's still there. He's the number 43 wide receiver. ECR 109. I'm getting him at pick 127. I think he breaks out a little bit more this season. I don't know if Tannehill's the answer there, but uh, it looks like in the second half he was passing to Parker a lot more, and I think that he's going to become the number one this season. I think that's a great pick. Uh, I, I like Parker. I think it's it, it obviously comes with some risk because you have, you know, they re-sign Stills. They still have uh, Landry there. Jay is a big part of what they do. So there's some concern, but where you took him, I think you got plenty of value there. I think the upside is built in with him. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, he's, we'll talk about it when it gets to me. He would be available for my last pick. I'll forego him so we can talk about somebody else. But I agree. I, again, he, he does kind of seem, especially, you know, with the addition of Julius Thomas and Jarvis Landry's there and Stills is still there. He does kind of seem like he's phased up. But at this point, I mean, the, the upside is enormous. He's got incredible talent. So I think it's a great pick. Yeah, yeah, no. So we're I'm at in the draft now. We're now at the 11-12 turn at pick 132, and John Brown's still on the board. So for me, this is a pretty easy pick. Um, he joins Jordan Matthews on my bench as a backup wide receiver. It's crazy to think that I can get John Brown essentially in the 12th round. And then I'm on the turn, so this is this is essentially my final pick here. So it comes down to a running back or wide receiver. Uh, my favorite running backs still on the board is TJ Yeldon. But if they add a running back there, he's he's going to become like that change of pace back. I think Chris Ivory would be the odd man out there. Um, or I can go to another wide receiver. There's Sterling Shepard, Marvin Jones, even Josh Doxson. Um, oh, man, this is tough. You know, I have three. You know, what? I'm just going to take TJ Yeldon to um, do it because if the Jaguars don't, in fact, take Leonard Fournette at uh, number four, then I, they're not going to be taking a running back for, you know, the first couple rounds, I would assume. So therefore, TJ Yeldon is back into a starting gig with, with, on a team that has a strong defense is going to be able to run the ball a lot more this year. Improved offensive line. Yeah, they'll be in a lot more games and, uh, with that improved defense. So they won't be pl- passing from behind so much with Bortles. I think he could be used a lot more if he is indeed the running back. He's just never really had his chance. He's a pretty talented guy. Just wasn't behind a good offensive line. Yeah. No, and then that's the thing is like he didn't play really well last year. He played really good his rookie year. Um, like I think he thought he was a solid running back and I thought he had something to build upon, but I don't know what happened last year. Last year, he just, he looked sluggish and I don't know what happened. Um, I was a little let down. Dan, did, what were your thoughts on TJ Yeldon last year? Yeah, I was surprised too. I was pretty high on him. Um, but I agree. It, it was hard to kind of pinpoint what it was. He just didn't look you know, whether he wasn't decisive or he, he just looked slow. I, you know, it, it was hard to really put my finger on exactly what the deal was with him. But I think this late, especially, yeah, the Jaguars are up and coming. Uh, you know, they obviously may draft a running back. But if not, I mean, again, when when you're this late and you're looking kind of for upside, he, he's got as much as any. He's a talented player. I honestly don't know what it was last year. But, you know, so I'm not I'm not like a buyer on him. But certainly this late, I, I would take the shot. For my last pick, fellas, I uh, I forgot about Kevin White. And I just kept getting distracted by other shiny pieces. Kevin White's still there. <laughs> I was going to take him like four rounds wow. ago. So I'm going Kevin White here in the 12th round. And I am one happy camper. I wish he was there for me, but he he definitely was not there that late. I don't even know when he went. I can't see it anymore because I, uh, I unfortunately submitted and I saw my grade, which I'm not, I'm not particularly excited about. Yeah, Kevin White went several rounds ago for me. So that that's a great pick for you. For me, for my final pick, I, ordinarily I'd take... Uh, probably Devontae Parker, but we talked on him. So I'll take another guy who I kind of like this late, which would be Marquise Lee. Um, he really came on. Yeah, he really came on last year, you know, after uh, after Hearns kind of got hurt. And he's he's just really, really talented. Um, you know, I do expect that uh, the Jaguars offense as a whole will be a lot better. We were talking about Allen Robinson earlier and Bortles must have been fighting some sort of injury, right? I mean, you would see him throw sometimes and he'd, he'd like spike the ball. You know, it would come up five yards short. So I expect him to to definitely be better this year and the whole team to be better. So I'll take Marquise Lee with my final bench spot there. All right. So Tags, you said you were disappointed in your grade. What was it? I got an 81 out of 100. But when looking at my, okay. when I'm looking at my lineup, I'm like, why? I don't know. Can you, can you read your lineup yeah. to us? So my lineup, uh, Cam Newton, a quarterback, it is what it is. Um, my running backs, Carlos Hyde, Spencer Ware, wide receivers, Des Bryant, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, tight end, Kyle Rudolph, Flex, Dante Moncrief. And then my bench players are Jordan Matthews, Derek Henry, John Brown, and TJ Yeldon. I, I, I really Sounds good like to me. I feel yeah. like I feel like it's an all-star team. And I, I mean, yeah, I don't get it from picking the 12 spot. I thought I did all right. 
Dan, where did you finish? Uh, I wound up getting a 95 out of 100. Uh, Amazing. I nailed it. Uh, So my quarterback (laughs) is Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) as we talked about. My running backs are Le'Veon Bell, and my second one is Spencer Ware. Uh, My wide receivers are Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, and Brandon Marshall. The heart and soul of my team is my tight end with C.J. Fedorowicz. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my, my flex is uh jordan matthews and then on my bench i've got a lot of kind of upside running backs well jonathan stewart and then kenneth dixon derrick henry and marquise lee so i wound up with 95 out of 100 with a with an a i love it i love this draft wow. i do like your team though by the way you have two it is good, good. The, you have two of the best players in their position with aaron Rodgers and Le'Veon bell yeah but to be fair, yeah that's fantastic it, i'm jealous of to that. be fair obviously when you when you do have a top you know one or two pick in fantasy football it's much different than fantasy baseball right you just you do get an edge because those players are obviously so much better so i do think it's a little easier to draft from that spot but i will still take my a grade and run with it so guys, let's just uh, skip my draft grade. It's a little <laughs> embarrassing, and we'll just—I'm just kidding. I got a 98 A plus. My I've uh, I've had quite a bit of practice in the seventh pick, um, and it worked out really well. As you guys know, I had a bunch of guys drop to me that shouldn't have otherwise. So here's my team: Andrew Luck, Spencer Ware, Theo Riddick. That's ugly. Mike Evans, Alshon Jeffrey, Alan Robinson, Rob Gronkowski. Randall Cobb, Kenneth Dixon, Cam Newton, Devontae Parker, Kevin White. It just was not fair. Everything uh, went against you guys, and uh, my draft grade turned out really nice because of it. I cannot believe I lost with a 95 out of 100. I mean, what? I can't believe I flunked. I got an 81. <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah, I, I, but I refuse to believe that that was a normal process for you, Bobby, because there were way too many guys who were like three rounds later than they were going in my draft. They were like, oh. That was the best draft I've ever done in NFL Draft Wizard. Wow. Really? I mean, what, what was your grade for when you click on the next? Next uh, screen, it shows you your score for starters. What was your guy's score there? Okay, hold on here. Is that projected um, standing? Mine shows 828. 828, okay. Okay. Uh, mine is 880. 880. See, I got a 986. I've never seen above a 920. Ever. Wow. That's- I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm really glad it happened on the podcast when everyone's listening though. <laughs> um, but I have to admit, I got lucky. Yeah. By the way, Bobby, I, if people don't use this draft wizard, they need to do it just because I love the team names, quite frankly, that that the draft wizard <laughs> for the other mock drafters in your league. They're they're very exciting. Thirty rack of Maddie Ice. I, I mean, that's not- <laughs> our developers, man. They're geniuses. Yeah. They're hilarious. Julian Shredelman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Hung Su Panda. No, this, that's that's funny stuff. And Bobby, before we get out of here, I want to make sure: is it possible we can let uh, our listeners know about like doing like a mailbag? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to start doing a listener mailbag, guys. Um, just tweet us. Tweet uh, Mike Tagliere NFL or at Bobby Fantasy Pro. And if you guys do that, we're going to answer as many questions on our listener mailbag episodes coming up as we can. Make sure to get them in. They don't all have to be focused around the NFL draft or anything like that. Um, they don't even all have to be fantasy football. Just shoot over some football questions. We'll have fun with it. And uh, just just tweet us. Um, we love doing those shows, and we'll answer as many as we can. Yeah, and ask Bobby why he hates Amari Cooper so much. <laughs> you guys know what answer you'll get, and the answer is Michael Crabtree. <laughs> He's well, not good enough. This is now here. Yeah, for, this is here for good. So, uh, producer, make sure we mark this episode because this will be the one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that wraps up for uh, today's show. Next week, we're going to have maybe the most fun podcast of the year. There's going to be four of us on, and we're going to be drafting the first round of the upcoming NFL draft. I can't wait for it. There's probably even going to be some trades. Make sure to tune in for that one. Subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. For all of us, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve